0: All right, ladies, I'm so excited about our featured guest speaker this morning. Uh, Dawn Damon comes to us from Tribes Church, where she pastors. Uh, she's an author. I've heard her sing. She's amazing. I don't know. Do you still have recordings? Sure. Yeah, she says. (laughs) I've seen her on TV. Uh, She travels extensively. She's a conference speaker. We are so honored to have her here this morning. Would you stand to your feet and give Dawn a good welcome this morning, an Impact Women's welcome, as we honor her as she comes? Thank you. Thank you so much, thank you for that amazing welcome. It's great to be with all of you wonderful ladies. Wow, I really enjoyed the worship this morning. Thank you for the word. Uh, the word that you spoke about this morning in alignment is actually one of the words God gave me for our staff at Tribes, the power of alignment. And I just believe the Lord is speaking about that. Time is short and God's got great things for us to do. Greatness inside of each one of you and things that the Lord wants to do through you and for you. So getting in alignment is powerful. I'll speak about the books in just a moment, but this is one of my favorite things to do. I love preaching to my church, and that's awesome, but there's just nothing like being with the sisterhood. I love, 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 love it. And it's great to see some of you women that I've known for many years. God bless you. So great to see that you're still serving Jesus and loving the Lord. How many know that we're just going to keep on keeping on until Jesus calls us home, amen? We don't quit. We don't stop. We don't back up. We are encouraged every day, and and the Lord has given me a word that I want to share with you today, and truly just kind of the my life message, the calling on my life is to be a freedom coach. And that is what I do in addition to pastoring. I'm a freedom coach. If I can help you identify the call of God in your life, help you break out of the shackles that we even sung about this morning, sometimes fear, low self-esteem, perhaps a paralysis of disorganization. I'm not clear on where I'm going or what I'm supposed to do or have a dream, but I don't know how to build the pathway or the map. And so I love helping and assisting and coming alongside women, help them birth their dreams. I guess that made me kind of like a midwife, wouldn't it? Like a a dream midwife. (laughs) But uh, so this morning, I just want to share this message. I'm gonna hitchhike right on where Pastor Karen was last week, we're talking about vision, and my message is called the same thing, you're going to hear it probably another 30 times in Christian community, 2020 vision in 2020, because how perfect is that? I mean, we have to, we have to use it, right? So... I want you to close your eyes. Speaking of vision, I actually will have you close your eyes for a moment and let's use the vision of your sanctified imagination here this morning. And I want you to imagine that it's December 31st and there's a soft snow falling. You are actually in Times Square in New York City and you can hear the faint music of uh, odd. Lang Syne, playing in the, the, the air, kind of wafting by you. It's melodically drifting through the air. 2020 is concluding. The countdown begins. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one, boo, streamers. You turn, you kiss the one you love, even if it's a furry four legged friend, and you say 2020 has absolutely been the most amazing, fulfilling year of my entire life. Sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? And while you're still maybe in this place of reflection and your sanctified imagination, I want you to think about, in order for that to be true, what has happened for you in the last year? Did you finally write that book you've been talking about? Did you start a business Did you finish that renovation project? Did you organize your house? Did you get your educational goal? Did you land the perfect job? Did you send and save $10,000 in your account and give to missions? Or did you take that vacation that you've always wanted to take? Did you have a child or better yet, did you get one out of the house? What happened for you? Did you finally reach those weight goals and those health challenges that you've been wanting? What happened for you? Well, you can open your eyes if they're still closed, and I know this, whatever happened for you that you just saw, I know this, it will not and did not happen by accident, if you just achieved any or all of the dreams that gave you the best year of your entire life in 2020, this is one thing that I know had to have happened. You had a strategic plan. You had a prayerful plan that was submitted to God and God's favor came upon it. I know that you worked your plan. I know that if this happened for you, you got laser-focused, And you began to become intentional about where you were headed. I know that you evaluated your life and said, I'm here, I'm supposed to be there. And somehow you came up with the bridge, the map, the blueprint to get there. I know that you became undistracted by the frilly things and the sparkly things. And who does not love glitter? I mean, everything in life is better when it sparkles, (laughs) including your face and your smile. So you got strategic about your life. That's something that had to have happened. You captivated the vision that God has for you, and it wasn't an accident. Wouldn't that be awesome if we have that story this time next year to tell? But maybe that wasn't how you brought in 2020. Maybe as 2019 came to an end, maybe you had a different experience altogether. Maybe you were overcome with a cloud of depression. And maybe what happened to you is that you just got disgusted with your life. Maybe you even slammed your fist on the table and said, I don't can't do this anymore. Sorry. (laughs) Maybe you said enough. And I just want to tell you that that energy right there, that place, though we would think of it as not something positive, I want to let you know that that's actually a really good place to be. That means you've moved from apathy into the place where the pain of staying the same is becoming more than the pain of change. Come on, somebody, amen? Amen. And that you got to this place, disgust is really a powerful motivator if we take it and then do something with it to say, all right, I have reached my enough is enough moment. And everything in my life is going to change. I don't want you to forget that moment. I want that moment, if that happened to you, to get anchored into your heart and your soul so that you never visit it again. I want you to remember what you were wearing and what you were feeling and what your toes, were they in the sand? Were they on your carpet? Were they in your boots? I don't know. But from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, just remember that moment and make yourself this promise. You say, I will not spend one more year in that place because I'm ready to capture God's plan for my life, to take hold of that for which he took hold of me. That's the scripture, amen? This is God's idea. This is not our idea. Let's talk about vision just for a moment. But first, let me say, in the Psalms, we know them well, we quote them. Psalm 20, verse 4, God's word says, May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your what? plans succeed. May he give you the desire of your heart and may he make all your plans succeed. What is your plan for success? What is your plan to change the world? What is your plan to use your God-given purpose and assignment to make a difference? May he give you the desire of your heart and may all your plans succeed. And Psalm 37 says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is what is so exciting and thrilling as a believer that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, when we spend time with him and we get happy in God and we are satisfied and filled with his peace, he gives us the desire. Another way to say that is he puts the desire in our heart. That's why you don't have to worry about not being aligned, because if you spend time with God, the desires that begin to come out of your heart are the ones he put in there. You don't have to worry that you're missing it. Now, that 2020 is here, and we've made our New Year's resolutions, which I don't believe in, by the way, because a resolution already sets you up for failure, Most of us, and statistics will say that 80% of people blow it by week three. (laughs) That gym membership that you got, (laughs) that you love, that you went really well the first three weeks, now maybe, are we in the third week of January? Yeah, okay, not yet. So you've still made it twice this week. All right, (laughs) woo-hoo. Nah, I'm not going to speak failure over you, I'm just saying that there are some experts that tell us 80% of us are going to blow it by week three of January. Well, let, let it not be true of us, amen? But we're not talking about resolutions, I'm talking about, you know, when January 1st and 5th and now the 16th, when it's all behind us and we're moving through our year, what is that thing that doesn't go away? What is that thing that still pounds within your chest? What is that thing that still keeps you up at night or if you see it or think about it or hear it, it thrills you and it begins to bubble up inside of you? Am I sitting in a room of women entrepreneurs today? Am I in the right place? Are there some women here who have some dreams and some promises of God that have not yet come to pass well, if I'm not in the room with women like that, I should be, because each and every one of us are commanded by God to understand our divine purpose, our assignment uh, in this world, and, and to unearth, if you will, mine out the gifts of God that he put inside of each one of us. I'm on a tangent just for a minute, so might as well go with it, <laughs> um, I crack me up, I tell you. Uh, to, so often we, we just laud and clap and promote the, the upfront gifts. And um, can I just tell you that those upfront gifts are wonderful. Us, you know, p- preachers and pastors and singers and all of those things, that's, uh, they're awesome and wonderful. But you know what? It, it, it's, the, it's the hidden gifts that are essential to the body. It's it's I I can have a great figure, but if I don't have a heart, it's not going to do me any good. I can have great outer, but if I don't have a liver and some lungs and and blood and some kidneys, you know. So can we just get can we just applaud the hidden gifts in the body of Christ and the the ones that are underneath that that we don't always see? Um, my sister, I don't know who you are, but you got the box back there and you're collecting. Things, I was going to say gifts, and they're not gifts. They're life's essentials for children. Thank you for that motivation. Thank you for finding your purpose. And thank you for acting on it and doing something with it. So praise the Lord. So the word desire, God will give you the desire of your heart. The word desire means in the Latin, of the father, Sire, You've heard of who sired them, or in, in, if you breed puppies or whatever, it's the sire. It's the, the desire means of the father. The father will put inside of you what he wants to bring forth in this world through you. And so we have an obligation to begin to think about that understand it and get really super clear on it. So can I just give you four points today? And um, oh, good, we have lots of time. So can somebody just say amen or hallelujah or or preach it, Sister Dawn, or give me some kind of love up here because I... I I do come from a verbal church, so we talk, we talk now. Come on, somebody, talk to me. All right, there we go. And so if you hear something today and it kind of ignites your spirit, what you really need to do is go, that's my word, I'm claiming that. And so um, let's just enjoy the presence of the Lord together and be be verbal. I know we come from um, West Michigan and we're supposed to, I get all of it not today. Come on, not in this room. (laughs) Amen. All right. So here's the, and, and so these are so obvious, you know, we, th- these points that I'm giving you, they're so obvious, and yet at the same time, you would be amazed and surprised, at least I was, um, staggered really at how few people will actually do this. But first of all, the first thing that I, I'm going to challenge you with all of these because they will change your life. It will change your life. First of all, I want to ask you, number, point number one, have a clear vision for your life, Clear, vision, two words, clear and vision for your life. I do a lot of coaching, a lot of counseling, speaking as, as you heard today, writing, but one of the things that I'm often flabbergasted by is the lack of clarity and vision that people have for their life. And it's like a picture of a tumbleweed. Just, just, We're just floating through. We're not strategic. We're not spending time understanding that our time on earth is short, and it is meant to be strategic. And yet so few people will capture that and take it seriously. Vision, oh, my goodness. In fact, Helen Keller has a quote that someone asked her, oh, my goodness, what could be worse than being blind? And she said, having sight but no vision. Do you know how many people have sight, but no vision? Some of you, when I asked you to close your eyes and think of New York City and being there and what happened for you that year, maybe there was a difficulty in even using and engaging your imagination, your dreamer, your spirit to even picture what God might have in store for you. This time next year, that's gonna be different, amen? Amen. We need a clear vision on how God wants to use us as women in this time, in this earth. We need a clear vision, and and clarity isn't this, because um, sometimes when we start to write things down, and it's okay for a starting point, but we might say, um, I wanna make more money, um, new Year's resolutions are this. I, I need to make more money. I want to get healthy. I want to lose weight. I want to give more. And I want a new job. I want to hang up my clothes more often and make my bed. Oh, <laughs> a it's a lot. <laughs> and um, I started making my bed every morning. I, 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 I used to have this philosophy. I used to say, you know, I'm going to be in it again in 12 hours. Like, talk about futility (laughs) at all. Um, I hang up my clothes on Friday because I think this is the deal. And I'm, I intentionally neglect some things so that I have more time for other things. And if I only have a few minutes, I want to spend them with the Lord. Well, I, that, I don't do any of that anymore. I make my bed every morning because how you do some things is how you do everything. And so I make my bed every morning. And this morning I was getting ready to be with y'all. And I said to my husband, I don't have time to make this bed. He said, I'll make it. So thank you, Paul. Uh, but you know what? Those are so vague and they're not specific and actually there's no uh, there's no words in that that give your brain any kind of excitement or juice. And so if i if you say hey, i want to w- make more money, here's a dollar. You just made more money. <laughs> D- that's it. Is that it? Was that did that reach your goal? You know, that's not it. So we want to be very specific. We want to be very clear. We want to we want to Oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm so excited about this stuff, you guys. It's so, it's so powerful. Here's what I want to say. God is so clear. He tells us in Proverbs 29:18. we all can quote the verse, or many of us can, where there is no vision, people perish. They cast off restraint. If there is no roadmap, any route will do. If there's no clear destination, anything is a go. If I don't have a clear vision for my life, I cast off restraint. I, I, I don't have to go this way. I can go over here and I can go over there and I can do this and I can be a tumbleweed through life. But that's not what God tells us to do. He says, I want you to have a vision. Vision is the thing that pulls you instead of guilt that pushes you. Sometimes we say with resolutions, I need to do this and I need to do that and I should and I should and I should and we should all over ourselves and we feel pushed by guilt. We feel pushed by condemnation. Well, how many of you do well being pushed? Now, I know because I know the temperaments and the disc survey and all of that, so I know if there are any compliance or any phlegmatics in this room that if you get pushed, your stubborn streak will kick in. You will dig in your heels and you'll be like, oh, man, it ain't happening. <laughs> and I was going to do it, but now that you told me to do it, I'm sure not doing it now. <laughs> so who is motivated by being pushed? But are you motivated when you are pulled? When you're compelled, when you're drawn. How many of you have been somewhere and there's a, a table laughing? Or you're in a hotel and there's rooms and, and, and one of the banquet rooms, there's just laughter, contagious laughter. What happens to us? We want to know what's going on in there. What are you laughing about? What are you guys laughing about? What's so funny? We're drawn. You're pulled, right? In, or what happens if somebody's standing and they say, um, we just got off a of vacation and oh my goodness, they want to tr- sell you timeshares and um, right. you run, you begin to see them and they're like, come on in, come on, come on, it's only going to take six hours of your time <laughs> and you go, the other, uh, you're not coercing me, you're not pushing me into this, I don't want to go. Right. Well, in, in, the, in the game of life, vision is the group laughing. Vision will pull you It'll cause you to get up in the morning. It'll cause you to put those shoes on and go do that walk. Now, the reason why we don't have that kind of motivation is because we don't have a clear vision of where we're going. And we don't know why we want to go there. Sila, yeah. Y'all know what that word is? Vision keeps you alive. You need a clear vision. What is your vision? What is your dream? What is your assignment? What is your purpose? Get clear. Get crystal clear. Here's the second thing. When you get your vision, and sometimes I get that it's a journey, then you write it down. Basic, right? We know this. We write the vision down. What does Habakkuk two tell us? Write down the vision. Write it clearly on clay tab- tablets so whoever reads it can run to tell others. Now here's the science. Once you write something down, you are 42% more likely to accomplish it. Once you write it down. Do you think God knows what he's talking about? When he met with Moses on the mountain, did he just speak the vision to him or did he write it down? He wrote it down. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. And nothing was created that was not created through the word. That's what the Bible tells us. Jewish tradition believes that the Trinity is this. The father is the thought. The father is the the imagination. Nothing will happen. Nothing has happened in this world that somebody didn't think of first. It has to happen up here. God is the creator of all he thought. Jesus is the Word. It came through the Word and it was created. And then the Holy Spirit went and brought it to life. Your imagination, your vision. Your God-given dream is here. You write it down and it becomes created in this realm. And then you submit it to the Holy Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And you begin to walk in the fulfillment of what God put in your spirit. Come on, somebody. Right? And this isn't weird, it's brain science, it's biological. Here's these facts that are kind of crazy. We know we should write it down, but only 16% of people, so out of 100, only 16 will write it down. And of the 16 that write it down, only three will ever read it again. And only one will read it every day. Come on, sister. Yes. Every day. So that's crazy. But here's the thing do you know that your brain has been created by God to work on command? It works on instruction. So that's why we can accidentally, is it okay if I peel this thing off right here? Are you guys, don't talk, I do have cellulite in my arms, but, okay, I don't care either. Um, now everybody's looking at my arms. I know, there's like a whole lot of oh, something going on there. That's all right. I'll talk like this. Um, and freckles i'm the i got to just tell you this i just we just got back from mexico we go out of the country every year the first two weeks my husband and i and we goal set and plan it's a visionary vacation um, But I'm the only person that I know that comes home after two weeks, and I'm more pale than when I went because I spray tan before I go. (laughs) And so then all the people that we're with, they all get, you know, darker and darker, and they're like, what's going on with Dawn? I get it whiter and whiter. It's all coming off in the salt water. (laughs) I got streaks. I go, well, I got seven more freckles on each arm. (laughs) Woo-hoo. but um, my whole life and growing up and stuff and I grew up around all these beautiful blue-eyed Dutch girls, you know, in this Grand Rapids area and they just get so tan, you know, and, um, and I didn't and I couldn't even get in the sun because I would just burn to a crisp and so I, um, I said, well, you know what? Here's the deal. When you're 40, you're going to look all leathery and stuff. I didn't even know if that was true, but I spoke and I said, I'm going to be looking great. So um, I'm just two years from 60. I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> but anyway, okay, year and a half, but I digress. Your brain has been designed by God to work on command. That's why when we go, oh, I'm so fat, I can never lose weight. Honestly, you know what? You just gave your brain a command. Yeah. Okay, metabolism, slow down. She can't lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) Really, I'm being a small bit facetious, but not really. Because really, your brain does work on command. And it looks for congruency. So if you look in the mirror and you say, I'm so ugly, I'm so fat, I'll never do this, I'll never do that your brain and your vision gets very small. And it does not show you any other opportunity. It does not show you any other potential or option. It's just... But if you reach for the stars, and if you say, God, I believe you, he says, become what you believe. May it be unto you as you believe. You will become. This is exactly what he told the two blind men They said, Master, Son of David, heal us. Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? They said, yes, we believe you. Matthew 9 in the message version, then become what you believe. You will become what you believe. You will become what you visualize and what you see and what you speak. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I know what you believe based on what you say. Think about this, too, and, and I'll move forward. But God brought Abraham. He had a promise for Abraham. He, he, he talked to Abraham. He said, this is what I'm going to do in your life, okay? you are. I know you don't see it. I know you don't have a child. But you are going to be the father of nations. And he is thinking, there's no way way. How is this going to happen? Here's what God does to him. He says, Abraham, I want you to come outside with me. Let's come out. Let's get out of this. Let's get out of the box. Let's get out of the place where you can't see anything. Let's get out of the limits, the false limitations. Let me bring you outside. And then what does God do? He says, see the stars in the sky? As many as there are stars that's how many children you're going to have. And just in case you're not clear, you see the sand on, on the speech right here? As many grains of sand, that's how many children you're going to have. God is the designer of the first vision board. <laughs> he gave him a vision board because, first of all, Abraham was going to have a spiritual Lineage, the stars. And he was going to have a physical lineage, the sand. And what God was saying to him is because they lived in tents in the desert, what was Abraham going to see every night and every morning? Stars and sand. sand. What are your stars and what are your sands? Write them down and look at them every day. Bam every day. Amen? Amen? Write the vision down. The, um, I like Jim Carrey. I don't know, he might be a crazy person in, in <laughs> life, but I, I, like, I enjoy dumb and dumber. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just that humor. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Eh. It's just his humor just cracks me up. Our <laughs> pets' heads are falling off. You know, if you've seen that movie, Dumb and Dumber. But when Jim Carrey showed up to Hollywood, nobody knew him. He didn't have any kind of fighting chance, anything. And he was on Oprah, and he told Oprah that he took a blank check out of his checkbook and he wrote to Jim Carrey, $10 million signed movie producer. And he put it in his wallet he said he looked at it all the time. And he would get rejected and doors would close, but he just kept looking at that. And sometimes he would even drive up where he could, on the, on the top of the hill and overlook Hollywood, and he would just look at that. And a few years later, when they offered him the role in Dumb and Dumber, it was his first big break, and they cut him the check. Guess how much? Ten million dollars. I could tell you story after story after story after story like that. Become what you believe. For those of us who throw that away and say, nah, that's woo-woo, okay, that's fine. But for those of us who might say, you know what, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to take you at your word. When you put something in my spirit, I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to remind you of it. And I'm going to put it on my vision board. So what are your stars, and what is your sand? And here's the third thing. Develop a morning routine. How many know that success is found in your daily routine? All right, so we can, we can look at things, we can write it down, we can have the vision, but then faith without works is dead. So there is our part. There are the things that we need to do. And as we begin to even believe more for ourselves, we we will find ourselves moving in the environments. Let me share it to you like this. Um, So in 2007, I went through a really painful divorce. It's nothing that I wanted, it was nothing. I had been married for 28 years, Um, it was horrifically painful. The reason why it was so painful, too, was because it, 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 it touched every area of my life, which divorce does anyway. They say for every one divorce, it's like 700 people that it affects or something. It's just really massive. But for me, I was the executive pastor, a large church down the road. And um, so I, it was my livelihood. You know, that's what I did for a living. It was also um, my community, so all my friends w- were engaged in my church. It was also my purpose, I was living out what God had put in my heart to do, and I was a mom and a grandma, and that was a huge blessing in my life, my children and you know my grandchildren coming now, and I just loved that we had this family unit, and it was my identity. I had been married, I mean, I met him when I was 17. You know, I I just turned 18 like a month later. We got married at 19. So now I'm what, 40, whatever I was, 46, 7. I didn't know anything about dating or being alone. I had, nothing. So I go through this horrific experience of divorce, and while I was going through the divorce, I had to lay down my job, lost my church family, lost my income, lost my reason for being, my purpose. My family was blown up. Each one of my adult kids did something crazy. One got married, one got divorced. It was just this ripple effect. My family was blown up. My dog died. I was like Job. It was really painful. And then it hit my physical. I started having... Really bad panic attacks. And I'm about 30 pounds lighter than I am right now. I couldn't eat. And had zero vision for my life. Zero. I didn't know anything but ministry. Being a woman in ministry is a very narrow market. (laughs) Especially in Michigan. West Michigan. Now a divorced woman in ministry? Unheard of. Not going to happen. I had no vision. I didn't know what to do. I had a male leader, pastor, counselor person tell me that I could become a dress manager at Roger's department store. Woohoo. That was not on my vision board. But quite frankly, nothing was. And so I began to pray. And I just asked God, I said, God, would you please put your dream for my life in my heart? Because I really, I I don't even know how to dream. Put your dream in my heart. I prayed it every day for months, years. 10 years later, right? Um, 11 years later, the things that I began to dream about, I began to write them down. And I kept a journal and then began to move towards those things. How many know that when you move towards focus, what you focus on becomes bigger, what you focus on becomes closer, what you focus on becomes real, and what you focus on grows. And so you bring about what you think about. And I started writing this down. Okay, I just want to give you this snapshot. This is glory to God. So 10 years later, I've written four books. I planted a church. I am the lead pastor of a multicultural church in Rockford. Um, I have married a hunk a hunk of burning love. <laughs> I made a list and I wrote down what I wanted. I wanted him to be six foot five. I wanted him to be a godly man that was owned his own business hopefully something in finance, never cheated on his wife, loved, loved family, blah, 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 blah. And one day, in walk, six foot five, and I said I wanted him to like football, six foot five, all American, former quarterback, owned a financial services company, still does, but is in charitable ministry, Pastoral ministry loves God with all of his heart. Never cheated. Just I'm like, he reaches out and he's like, "Hi, I'm Paul Damon." I go, "I do. I'm Dawn. I'm Dawn." I'm, I'm I just, I was just a bumbling idiot. I just melted. It was like. You're my list. I mean, you're my, you're, yes. (laughs) 10 years later, married amazing man, have 11 grandchildren, eight kids, traveled to amazing places all over the world, mentored my children, we pastor our children, we do small marriage retreats with our children, we take them places, we pour into them. God spoke to me very clearly, pastor your children. All my children, all my grandchildren, they come over almost every Sunday, we eat together. God has restored. God has restored. God is good. But so here's the thing. I had to develop a morning routine. And, and this is what I wanna just say, and we got five minutes, I'm gonna turn you loose to talk about some of this at your tables. Do, get up early. There's no other way to say it. You have to have a morning routine. It doesn't make it easy. It makes it happen. I do six things every morning. I have what I call 606 Rise. I get up every morning and do these six things. Now, There are times where it doesn't happen, it didn't happen this morning, you know, so there's freedom in this. But your success is hidden in your daily routine. If you tell me what your daily routine is, we can tell you whether you're going to find success or whether you're gonna keep being that tumbleweed and shitting all over yourself. I should do this, I should, I know I should do that. And the, the guilt that comes with that and the depression and the anxiety versus taking control of your life being intentional about your life and saying, this is my intention, God. This is what you've called me to, and this is what's going to happen. By the way, my husband and I just signed uh, with a publisher. We're doing a book together, which will be out this September, I hope. It is the Freedom Challenge for Men. And um, I wanna, I, I'll just tell you that the first book that I wrote was When the Woman You Love is Abused. It's a husband's guide to helping his wife overcome sexual abuse. I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. It is the biggest reason why my first marriage probably didn't survive. It was because my husband became the second victim of the sexual abuse, and I didn't understand. I was going through all my healing stuff, and I didn't understand some of um, the fears and 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 the difficulties, but he didn't understand me. And so that was that. Then the second book, When the Woman Abused Was You, A Woman's Guide to Healing, after childhood trauma. And all of these books, um, God has allowed, they won awards. I'm just so thankful. The 60-Day Freedom Challenge is 60 days in the Word of God. It's an immersion in the Word. And Pastor read it this morning. Um, If you want to change your life, it starts by renewing your mind. He says, be transformed. In other words, changed. A transform means metamorphosis. Have a metamorphosis in your life by renewing your mind. But nobody tells us how to renew our mind. This is 60 days to renew your mind. When you're done with this, your life will be different. That's just the truth of God's word. It's scripture every day. For, so I give you, I, 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 I walk with you as your freedom coach and every day, I um, walk with you and share with you verses and affirmations to in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Speak the word and bring into this and manifest God's truth in life from every day, every morning. And um, we also now have a workbook coming with that for women who want to do the Bible study. And we've done it. We've done maybe three or four Bible studies with it. It's really super, super. Okay. Okay. Develop a morning routine. Six things I do every morning. Be productive. And I'll tell you real quick, the six things that I do, I I pray every morning. I greet the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I greet God as I wake up, and then I tell him six things that I'm thankful for and grateful. So we foster um, cultivate. Gratitude every day. gratitude. And then I do breathe for 15 minutes. We can call it meditation. We could, I deep breathe because that actually helps me um, get out of parasympathetic. OK, that helps my brain disengage from any anxiety, because I, after the, the um, being a survivor and all that, sometimes I 'll struggle with anxiety, like, woo, um, I don't anymore. praise God, I haven't had anything for over 10 years. but) But I'm aware of how I'm wired, so I do that, meditation, and then I read the Bible, my devotion, and then I journal, and I write my intentions for the day, I intend to, maybe uh, it's a Wednesday and I'm going to fast, I intend to fast today, I intend to do this, I do that, and I read it, and I talk it out loud, and then I review my goals, that's all part of four, journaling involves writing, journaling, and reviewing goals every morning, and I exercise every day. And even if I don't have a lot of time, I will put my tennis shoes on and go down to my exercise room and do 25 squats. But because I need to, or sometimes I'll do just upper body and then I'll squat while I brush my teeth in the morning because I have, to, I have to keep training my brain. This is what you do. This is habit. And once you get in habit, it's just so, it's just so easy to do. And then I listen to a podcast every day. And um, I take in content. And finally, and in closing, then I pray over my plans and I ask for favor. I want you to have a most amazing year. I would love to be here next January and hear that the things that you wrote down, God brought to pass. So I'm gonna pray and then you're gonna talk. And I'm gonna turn it back over to you. Is it okay if I pray? Yes. All right. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the truth of your word that sets us free. And may now every soul be liberated to dream, to imagine, to dare to believe. Every spirit in this room, all of our inner man, uh, inner woman, <laughs> be set free to dream with you, God. And at the same time, may we harness discipline and walk in obedience to you, God, that we might accomplish exactly what you brought us in this earth to accomplish. And I thank you, God, that you watch over your word to perform it, and it shall come to pass. And I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we thank Don for an amazing word? <clears throat> Very prophetic word.